I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the files of the AYR, yaoihunters.com. Although most Yowie reports over the last 200 years have generally conformed to most Yowie descriptions and behaviours, there are a percentage that appear to perhaps be a species of their own. Or are they? The odd reports include double row teeth, dog-like snout, being more hominid than hominid, and backwards facing feet. This was an anomaly first reported prior to 1850. In the Australian and New Zealand monthly magazine, dated February 1842, they quoted the natives of the time describing the then-named Yahoo or Devil Devil being able to turn their feet backwards. It was said to do this while fleeing humans, so the imprint of the foot appears to be travelling from the opposite direction. This was again mentioned in the newspapers during the early 1900s. In 1902, the Barrel Free Press notes the same attribute, writing backwards turned feet and toes being where the heel should be. Clearly, this is the exception, rather than the rule. When there's an anomaly seldom reported, yet often enough to take notice of, it can't be ignored and often adds to the complexity of the subject. The AYR has many modern reports of witness sightings describing the movement of the Yowie while in the all-fours position. Some using the term spider-like, with the legs and feet in unusual positions. Is this a differing species, a deformity, or performed at will? In 1870, a girl by the name of Ella Harper was born in Tennessee with her knees turned backwards. Due to this deformity, she preferred to walk on all fours because this was a natural locomotion. And still today, there are similar cases all over the world. Yet on the other hand, all foot, there are people in the world, such as Maxwell Day from London, who can naturally turn his feet in the opposite direction. Or Michigan man Moses Larnham, who can easily turn his entire lower legs 180 degrees in reverse. When we learn this can happen naturally in human society, it doesn't sound so far reached for a hominid to do the same. But again, I think it's the exception. All this information pertains to today's sighting report. We head west of the Blue Mountains to a location with neighbouring Yowie reports from Roseburg to the east, Ophir, Pyramal and Bacobal, Rylestone and Mudgee, Oberon, Bathurst and Sunny Corner. Areas alive, many of which you can listen to on our YouTube Witness Audio Reports and podcasts. It's here I hand you over to AYR's Sarah Bignall as I say, Welcome to Molong. 
Thanks so much for reaching out and getting in touch with us. Really appreciate it. We've got a couple of other reports describing a spider-like posture and movement. Just describe in as much detail as you can what happened and I won't interrupt you and then I'll I'll ask you some follow-up questions after that. My son and I uh, go down to the creek and we do bow fishing for carp. Because we'd been down a, a couple of times, the carp get a little bit used to us and the second that we turn up, they disappear. So we thought we'd go down to see if they come out after dark. I started the mule, uh, which is the vehicle that we use on the farm, and um, we drove down to the creek. It's about a kilometre from the house. When we got down to the edge of the creek, we probably stopped 40 metres, 50 metres away from where we'd normally stop uh, to actually go to the creek. Probably for the first time ever too, I didn't turn a torch on, and we just crept along relatively quietly. Although, you know, walking through the thistles and the tall grass, you just can't do it quietly. So, but we did it as best we could. Anyway, we got to the edge of the creek banks. That's when I just turned the torch on. It's just a good little LED torch. And I had it on the lower setting, so I didn't scare any of the fish. And then when I looked left, you know, I didn't see any fish. I looked right, I didn't see any fish, but I did notice something just on the other side of the bank. I'm guessing probably from where we were standing, at, or somewhere around the 20 metres anyway, I just I haven't really sort of stopped to consider exactly how far, but less than 20 metres. And on the other side of the bank, there's about a 30, 40 centimetre drop straight to the creek. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a inclined plateau where there's some kikuyu grass, probably about three metres maybe, and that leads back nice and short. It's really, you know, it looks like it's mown. That's when I saw something on the ground. Um, it was relatively flat. It was a very square shape, very hairy and shaggy, sort of shambly hair. It was quite dark, uh, but you could still see a little bit of maybe sort of brown, a little, tiny little bit of red, but, you know, essentially it was a dark colour. At first, well, at first, second and third, I, I just couldn't really sort of grasp what I was looking at in terms of what animal. Um, it just, nothing from my memories of anything related to what I was looking at and I was trying to work out you know, was it a, a, a kangaroo lying down? Was it a wobbly sort of sitting in a strange position? Uh, certainly wasn't a dog or a cat or a fox or any of that sort of thing. It was just a completely different body shape to a wombat. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. I need to get a better look at that. So I turned the torch up and I said to my son, mate, do you want to have a look? What I'm looking at, I don't think you're ever going to see again in your lifetime, mate. And he said, what is it, Dad? And I said, I honestly don't know. And he refused to come out from behind me. And he said, Dad, I don't want to look at it. I just don't want to look at it. He he didn't come out at all during the whole process. But when I turned the torch up, I was able to get a better look. 
but still the perspective was just wrong. I couldn't understand what I was looking at. Was I looking at uh, an animal on its side? Was I looking at a an animal on its belly that was off the ground? Was I looking at the bottom of an animal or a kangaroo that had been tailed? I just couldn't work it out. I turned the torch up one more time. So full is incredibly bright. You're basically looking at daylight, really. That's when it looked up. And I realized that it was actually facing me on its belly, but off the ground, so it was supporting its weight. How long was the hair on the body? Somewhere around three to four inches, maybe a fraction less. It looked quite shabby, like it was you know, in part shedding a, a winter coat in some spots. In other spots, it just looked that little bit nicer, but generally, as an overall description, it was shabby and quite thick. It was hair. It wasn't. It wasn't a you know a coarse looking fur. You would have said it was a coarse hair, but not a coarse fur. I didn't notice any hair that was uh, longer. In terms of you know like uh, an alpha hair, if, you, if that's sort of one way to describe it, it was just shabby hair. A hairy goat. It has undulations in the in the hair and the fur, and that's pretty much how the back of this thing looked. It had those slight undulations, but it was just flat. Uh, it looked up. When it looked up, it was quite interesting in as much as that it looked at me in a, you know, this is really inconvenient. Don't put the torch on me and I don't like you being here. You know, you've, you've sort of, you know, you've mucked up whatever it was that, that it was doing. And it was at that point that I realised what I was looking at was just absolutely incredibly unique. And I I begged uh, my son, please have a look, mate. Please have a look. This is something that you will never, ever, ever get the chance to see ever again. Again, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't come out from behind me. Anyway, uh, what I could see was I think the brow line, sort of the ridge ridge of the brow, and that went basically across uh, the whole head, a little bit of the nose. I could definitely see some of the cheekbone of one side. I don't remember seeing lips, but there was basically three lines of light that were reflecting, and I thought there was the nose, the cheek, and the brow ridge. I didn't see any eyes. The um, thing that really sort of confused me about the whole situation was there was no clearly defined head outline like you would expect on a normal animal. So a normal animal, its head's clearly sitting proud of its body in some way. You know, even a wombat, you know, they're little nuggets, but their head is clearly defined as separate to the body. This wasn't ordinary. It was just a little tiny bit of a, a slight exaggeration of the shape. That was pretty, yeah, pretty hard to sort of understand, you know, I guess until you'd seen something like that. It was, yeah, difficult to appreciate. Yeah. Next thing that happened was that it slowly started to look down and then it slowly started to take a couple of steps backwards. Uh, and this is the thing that, you know, really sort of got me 
just yeah, it, it just blew me away. As I started to step backwards, that's when it growled. And for me, it was just it was just a warning. I wasn't worried. I'm not traumatized, but I am fascinated by what I've seen and heard. And it just started to speed up and walk faster and faster backwards. So the front arms, they seemed to operate quite well going backwards. There wasn't any problem there. A more natural fluid action, uh, like you'd expect from any normal primate, I guess, including people. But it was the back legs that was extraordinary to watch. They were going through a huge range of movement and they were rolling as they moved and they did it really quickly. Um, and it, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to articulate that well enough for people to sort of understand exactly what I saw, but they were almost rotating through a sort of a 280 degree range of motion to allow that reverse walk to happen. It was quite extraordinary. Anyway, when it started going backwards, it was probably as quick as I could walk, but going in reverse. And it just reversed straight back into the grass and the thistles behind itself, and that was the last I saw of it. Growl was the thing that was interesting in it. I didn't realise the impact that it had on my son. I was trying to chat to him about it about a week and a half ago. I said to him, I invited you to look at it a number of times, but you're too scared. And I said, do you remember the growl? Do you remember what noise it was? And he said, yes, he did. I think he's a bit you know, shaken up because he said his insides, he could feel everything vibrating and rumbling. And I didn't get that experience. I, I did get a little bit of a, a tummy tickle, but I certainly didn't get the same experience or have the same experience that he had. And he, he's really, really shaken up. I instantly felt at the time blessed to see. You know, I was excited. I was really, really, really excited. Just, yeah, felt really quite happy. I was like, wow, look at this. This is super cool. When people report their insides rumbling and shaking and feeling quite shaky, we've got a, a theory or a hypothesis that it's potentially beings emitting some kind of very low frequency sound that your ears aren't really picking up, but your insides are vibrating too, and your inner ear. The army and the, and the police use similar technology with sonic weapons. It's really, really low frequency and it just makes you feel sick and uneasy and like you can feel your insides trembling, but you can't hear anything. Interesting that your son could feel it, but that you weren't feeling any of that at all. It's not the first time that something strange has happened where we've had the same thing that we're looking at and a different, a different experience. What do you, uh, have you had other strange... I don't see them as strange anymore. I just see them as, you know, it just happened. I've seen plenty of UFOs. Ah. Yeah. We'll get back to this amazing story because I'd, I'd love to look at that movement again. So this moved backwards like a spider might scuttle backwards without turning to look. It just moved backwards. That was the thing that really sort of got me... Almost every animal 
certainly mammal that I know, um, and I'm not talking about one that's in its home range, as in it actually has a designated house, any type of mammal where it's got one step away from its hole in the tree or hole in the ground, you know, they, they literally just throw themselves backwards and, and they're in there. This wasn't like that. It had maybe two metres to go backwards, but not at any point did it look like it had any doubts as to where it was going. And it, there was a gap in between the thistles and the grass. Absolutely no doubt as to where it was going and with regards to the direction that it was taking. It was faultless. It just went straight into the grass, into that gap. A normal animal would want to turn around and get their bearings and direction. And I've never seen a situation like that where an animal hasn't checked their surroundings or re-established their bearings. That was pretty interesting for me to see that. And you mentioned when it looked up at you, it didn't have ease in that movement, didn't have much of a protruding head. Do you think it was really short neck and there's big muscles around the shoulders? Or It's got really big neck muscles. It's probably also got a powerful jaw that's anchored the, the shoulders in some way. It was quite interesting. It was long-bodied and short-limbed and the body shape was very square. That was the other thing that I was just really finding difficult to wrap my head around. The simple fact was is that it looked like a torso that had been beheaded almost in some ways. It was just so bizarre. As I sort of mentioned earlier, there was a, there was a little bit of a cone, a slight V-shape where the head was. I googled to try and find out what Australian animal makes the noise that I heard. And I just hit wall after wall after wall, uh, I couldn't get anything. And then this one particular Google search and I went and they said something about Sasquatch and I thought, well, what, what's, what's a Sasquatch? And that took me down the rabbit hole. So, you know, seeing the images that have been drawn of them, it still wouldn't even do remote justice to what I was looking at in terms of how sunken the head was onto this torso. I mentioned to Dean that I was speaking to you, Dean Harrison. As I mentioned to you, I interviewed someone, it was Atherton in Queensland. He was describing the same thing, a similar sort of strange movement like that on all fours. So he sent me. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A few photos of sketches 
I told mum about two weeks ago. She uh, she said, just letting you know that if you mention our names, that we will discredit you openly. And it- <laughs> Go mum. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I started to laugh. That's funny. Um, and, and anyway, she did say to me, and besides, if you were that creature, would you want people coming here trying to take your photo? And I said, of course not, mum. She said, well, don't give anybody the opportunity to know even where to look. We actually had the bow, but I chose to leave it in the mule that night for the bow fishing. And I thought, no, if we need it, we can come back and get it. The reality is I don't think it would have presented itself to me. It would have known I was carrying a gun. It wouldn't have shown itself to me. That's interesting. You mentioned that in your email that because of the vehicle that you were in, so noisy, like it didn't have a muffler, and it would have heard you a kilometre away and heard you getting closer and closer to it. Why did it stay there and show itself to you? That's something that I'm really, I guess, in some ways perplexed about. But I'm also wondering, you know, was it that infested into almost catching a fish that it thought, well, it's worth the risk? And as mum said, I was sort of getting back onto it when I told mum, she said, well, why do you think it was just there to catch a fish? It could have been getting a drink. And I thought, well, she's got a point. But then I thought it can get a drink anywhere at any point on that creek. And it could have waited two minutes till I was gone and gone and had a drink. To me, it felt that it was invested into something for just pure and simple reasons to me look like it was it was trying to catch something so it wasn't thirsty in in the act of drinking when you when you saw no, it it was still no. it was still it was down low and low enough so that if there was a fish uh, in that water then if it could see it it would have been difficult for it to see because it was so low as i sort of mentioned earlier there's a bit of a drop from the bank you know, sort of 30 40 centimeters down to the water so that's a a sheer edge so any fish looking up has to look up can't literally look over the top of that little bank and it was really low it it wouldn't have been able to be seen by fish were the front limbs longer than the back like an ape might be and therefore the back is on a slant or was it completely flat no it was completely flat and it was parallel with the ground so the ground I think from memory, it's about a seven or eight degree pitch going away from me, and, but it looked parallel with the ground. So to me, it didn't look like the arms were longer or shorter, or I do remember thinking that the back legs looked weirdly short, but you know where the knee joint in reverse would be. Uh, it was down into sort of, you know, the, the shadow effect of that down to the ground. And the back was really flat. It was just flat and square. Not like a pool table, but I don't know if you've ever looked um, at cattle. When they're really, really big animals, their back is quite flat at the top. But then obviously, you know, they taper, taper around. But yeah, it, it was just incredibly broad uh i guess it was maybe a third third wider than i am how wide would that be oh, look i'm pretty wide i was a prop 690 700 wide and you reckon it was the same from the shoulders down to the bottom of the torso or was it wider at the shoulders yes. 
it may have been wider, but it wasn't noticeably wider. It was a pretty similar parallel torso. So do you think it was on hands and knees? So could you see? No, I don't think it was on knees. I think it was on hands and feet. And feet. And they were out. So the limbs were out at an angle. If I imagine a purse or a a monkey or anything that was doing the same thing, you know, just it's spread out because we're so goofy and clumsy and, you know, you, you need those limbs to be out away from the torso. Well, these were away from the torso, but they were only just, they might have only been, you know, 20 centimetres. And then it just, you know, from that, that 20 centimetres, so that whatever is the top part of the leg and the top part of the arm are relatively short. And then there was a joint there. And, and then it went straight 45 down. 45 degree angle straight down. Yeah. Just looked like that back knee joint had completely reversed. So it somehow completely dislocated and literally did a 180. I don't understand how that's possible, but unless it's a double jointed knee. So they've actually got two joints, a little bit like a dog bottom joint or. You know, animals that have got literally two knuckles that go together, so they can bend two ways, and, yep. and maybe that's yeah, maybe that's it. But yes, it, it literally had reverse folded down to the ground. And how long do you reckon those limbs were, from the torso to the bend, the knee, and then the knee yeah. to the ground? How long do you reckon they were? They really weren't very long because it wasn't very high off the ground, but from the shoulder joint to the elbow joint would have been shorter definitely than the joint from the elbow to the hands. I don't really know by how much, but it was short-limbed and the legs, they must have been really short. It was definitely parallel to the ground. Those hip joints were working super hard and rotating a long way to travel backwards. What was interesting, I guess, about that all of that too was as it was walking backward, funnily enough, I actually don't like saying it when I, sp- when I speak about this. It devalues. It's, um, I don't know, I'm not tr- sure what I'm trying to sort of express here, but it, it just seems to devalue the worth of the being as opposed to it being an animal. I used to call them it and I used to call them creature Oh, think of them more as animals, but after researching this for so long now and doing all these interviews and talking to people, I now firmly believe that they are more than just an animal and I struggle to call them it. I understand what you're saying. I could see a really, really slight curvature of the spine. Very, very, very mild. It still remained almost dead flat. Did you get a feeling for whether he might be a male or she might be female? I've given a little bit of thought to it. The first is is that confidence that it carried clearly indicated to me that it was either older or strong enough to know that I posed no threat to it in any way, shape or form. You know, if it was a one-on-one punch-up, I was going to come off second best. So it carried that certain amount of charisma with regards to being very confident 
of its own self and aware of its own self. By the same token, did I get that confidence mixed up with curiosity? In a lot of species, I guess, you'd always associate curiosity with juveniles, but then you associate uh, connection with females. So that has sort of played on my mind with regards to you know, why little person show itself to me. Was it because the female wanted a connection? Was it a junior mucking around? Was it an angry old man who just didn't care anymore? <laughs> it was like, well, you know, whatever. Or maybe the being was deaf and couldn't hear you coming. I did also wonder that simply because we had the lights off. I can't understand it. You can literally hear that start a kilometre away. And it does have a muffler. It's, it's you know, a brand new vehicle. You know, we know where that is at any one point anywhere on the farm almost. <laughs> Just, you know, we can hear what's going on. What I do remember is the little one didn't turn its head in any way, shape or form. It didn't twist. It looked straight up. There was a parallel, even movement straight up. Did you notice any difference in colour between perhaps skin around the eyes or on the face to compared to the fur or the hair, I should say? I did. The skin, it looked just like a cheap pair of faux leather black school shoes. It was a dark. It was dark. If anything, it was a very, very, very dark brown. When I looked at it, I think from memory, three lines – there was a longer bridge brow line, if that makes sense. I think I saw a little bit of the nose. There was no hair on it. The other one was definitely the cheek. You know, the old gridiron footballers, how they put a little bit of that black boot polish under their eyes. That was part that was shining that I got the reflection off. The eyes. So could you see any eye shine, like a dog reflects light? Interesting question. Didn't see any eye shine. I didn't see any eye sockets. I didn't see any eyes. That whole pot was just black, just really, really, really black. Just nothing. It was just jet black. So I do think and I do wonder whether or not it was, I'm not looking into that torch because I know it's going to hurt or upset its vision. I don't know if it physically hurts or not, but I did sort of consider that in the fact that it, it didn't continue to look up, but you know, it looked pained with the way that it tried to look up or, or wanted to look up. Maybe it did want to look up, but it knew its eyes would be hurt and its vision would be buggered for the next couple of minutes. So, You said it looked pained. Was that What gave you that impression? When it looked up, it looked up very slowly. It didn't sort of you know, look up in a quick way. If you're startled by something, you, you look across and you know, there's a fast reaction. It just wasn't at all. It was very, very slow. It probably took two seconds for it to actually look up. And it didn't look up very far, as, as I was sort of saying earlier, but it's just a very slow, deliberate movement. And that's why I, I perceive that and say it did look pained with regards to you know, the action that it was taking. And maybe it's just a limited range of movement. I, I don't know could have also just been bloody humans. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. Just trying to picture this in my head. So is it directly across from you on the opposite side of the creek? Yes. So directly, and it's at the same elevation as you? 
we would have been uh, three metres higher. Right, so it's not only um, having to look up from what it's doing but look up further at you. Yeah, yes, and the angle as well is sort of, you know, five to seven degrees again the other way. So it wasn't even as, as if it was, you know, on a flat ground trying to look up. It was even more exaggerated because of the angle of that bank on the other side. So it moves back in this sort of strange spider-like way. It moved back into long grass or shrubs. What did yeah, it Yeah, it's just long grass. I was just looking around with a torch and I just, well, it's not coming back out. And my little bloke's just saying, come on, Dad, we have to leave, we have to leave. We've got to leave, Dad, come on, come on. And he was getting quite upset with me uh, at the time. And I said, no, not yet, mate. Uh, we turned the torch out, which, you know, nearly choked me <laughs> at that point. But I turned the torch out and I went to uh, night vision. I couldn't see anything because I was thinking, oh, look, you know, if maybe it's, you know, going to sneak away and we'll catch a glimpse of it as it sneaks away. But there's nothing. And it just makes me think that whatever it was just went back into the grass and literally just sat there and waited until we left. It knew that trying to get away would only cause disruption and you know, make noise and it would draw our attention back to its exact location. We probably looked with the night vision for, oh, I don't know, two minutes. At the time, you weren't feeling very frightened. So I guess now when you're out bush and particularly when you're at that property, how do you feel when you're there? I was there probably six weeks after it happened and at that point, I was still discovering Sasquatch and still learning about Sasquatch in America. I still hadn't even put together what I had looked at was an Australian equivalent in a different you know, form. It still didn't occur to me because I had clues, I had information, I know what I saw, but I didn't have any answers in any way, shape or form. So... It wasn't until maybe a couple of weeks after Christmas, I was listening to one of the Sasquatch Chronicle episodes. They mentioned the Australian Yowie. And I went, what? <laughs> I was, yeah, at that point, sort of a little bit like the you know, proverbial penny drop. That's when I went onto the iPad again, went looking for you know, Yowie and, and, of course, um, Dean and you guys all popped up. Yeah, it was only then that I really sort of started to just go, oh, holy dooly. Interesting. Double jointed legs, 280 degree motion while creeping in reverse. The pained expression as it gradually looked up in a slow movement. Could this posture in locomotion be a result of a lifelong deformity or something natural? Sometimes when knowledge increases, understanding wanes. For other Yowie reports telling of a similar posture, go to yowiehunters.com, witness audio reports, and report number 179 from Atherton. Thanks for listening.